and welcome in to a very special, rambunctious, detailed, interesting, guest-heavy edition of Bears slash Brags After Dark. Gregory, great to see you, my buddy. Yeah, long time no see. Here we are. Yes, uh, <laughs> we've got two big guests tonight as we're going to be heading around the old NFC North, heading up to Detroit with a friend of mine uh, who's now a friend of yours. And Matt Derry, Matt Nagy is here. And we have a former Chicago Bear coming on the show tonight to Braggs, which is uh, your, your doing. So I want you to introduce uh, our guest that's coming. Yeah, um, we're, we're efforting his camera here, and he'll, he'll be jumping back in here in a second. But excited to get Steve Edwards, if you have read the description on our show, a former offensive lineman. Who I think is going to offer an interesting perspective on a few different levels. Um, he was at minicamp last week, so he got a firsthand look at what's going on. I know he follows his team closely. <clears throat> and, you know, being that he was a part of the Bears team, you know, in the early 2000s before the Lovey Smith Bears eventually took off, I think it'll be interesting to hear his perspective about, you know, being part of a team that's on the rise where they go from the doldrums of being one of the worst teams in the NFL with Jonathan Quinn and, and then you go from that to, you know, playoff aspirations. And then, of course, the Bears ended up in the Super Bowl, you know, from that little run there. So it'll be interesting to hear what he thinks. Yeah, and uh, he went through a regime change, right, or at least a, a coaching change with uh, Dick Duran his first year. And then here comes the lovey-dovey coming to rock and roll and uh, get the thing turned around at his first year. Uh, with Lovey, they didn't win it. They I think they won five games, and the next year they won in eleven. So, um, and listen, the offensive line. He he's played every position on except for center. We got guys moving on all over the place. So I think it makes uh, you know there's a lot of things that he can touch on, and you know the the Lions apparently are going to be uh, perhaps on. I don't know. Here we go one more time. Hard Knocks, Detroit Lions with their new helmets and their and their Jameer Gibbs and their Jack Campbells. Uh, Matt Derry is uh, – he used to do pre and post for the Detroit Pistons. He's a WAER Syracuse guy. He does Lockdown Lions. He's uh, this guy, just an entertaining dude to listen to, so people want to stick around for that as well. Uh, for the record, I don't know if people noticed, but I'm in a slightly weird position here. Um <laughs> Uh, I, Braggs, I think I might've joined you. I should not have, uh, my body was aching today and I pushed myself after, after our show. You pull a hip flexor. I, I, some, I got an, I got some knee instability going on right now, buddy. I got sharp. I got, I'm hyped up on ibuprofen. I got a, I got a bag of ice on the damn thing and I'm hoping for the best. So Wait. I will, uh, any, uh, you know, if you like got an injured over. roster here with CHGO bears, you got Nick. Who's yeah. gonna be on the mend yeah. here with his uh pinky finger for four to six weeks? Yeah. Who knows back what that the, means for his softball career? Now you back for the playoffs. That's what it means. It means back for the playoffs, damn it. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's that's what it means. So uh any rate. And um yeah, but uh hey, good good to be here with you, buddy. It's been a it's been a it's been a day. Yeah, I'm excited. Robert Lee's in the chat. He says, bold prediction, bears lose in the NFC championship game this year to San Francisco and come back the following year to win it all. Sound familiar to anyone? Robert, let's go back and do 84 and 85 all over again. I will sign up for that. And listen, if you told me that the Bears were going to be in the playoffs next year and 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 then actually compete and 
be dancing for a Super Bowl in two years in Justin Fields' fifth year, that'd be the most awesome thing you I think you could tell me and or any Bears fan. Look at my guy Mubs. Mubs. Mubs hitting us with the reality check. Strong take, my guy, but he says I bet they missed the playoffs. See, see, Mubs, Mubs is always banging on me for being negative, but then here comes Mubs with a with a bet they missed the playoffs on a Bears after dark on, on June twenty. Well, and that's what I want to talk with Matt Derry about. It, it, you know, certainly one of the topics I want to ask him is from his perspective, does he think the Bears are capable of what the Lions did last year? And I don't think anybody would think that the Lions season last year was a failure by any means. It was a step in the right direction, but they didn't make the playoffs and everyone, you know, applauds them for knocking the Packers out last week of the season. I know we appreciated it as bears fans, but at the same time, while that was fun for them, the week prior, they lost to the Carolina Panthers on the road who were not a good football team and they had the playoffs right in their face and they blew it, you know? So you know, at the end of the day, it was a successful season, nine wins, uh, but they didn't make the playoffs. So, um, uh, you know, if the Bears have that same season, I'll take it as much as it would hurt to fall just short of the playoffs. But joining us here on the first half of our show is my guy, big man, big Steve Edwards, formerly of the Chicago Bears offensive line. How you doing tonight, Steve? Welcome to CHGO Bears. Hey, how you guys doing, man? We're doing great, man. I appreciate you coming on. Appreciate you efforting the 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 camera and everything for us. Uh, you know, like I was telling the guys, you know, I I was excited to talk to you on a few different levels because yeah, I know you were at mini camp last week. You know, Bears were putting out some social media photos. I saw you in, so you get to see the perspective from the team. But before we get to them, you know, I, I also was curious from your you know experience. You know, in the early 2000s, playing for this team and the transition of a bad football team from a good one and the vibes at, you know, training camp and off season, it sounds like this season is starting to get those kind of vibes. What was that like for you to go through that transition of a, a bad football team to now all of a sudden young talent starts to come in and now you guys are coming in with a different mindset? Yeah, you know, I'm definitely very familiar with that. That was like kind of the, you know, me coming from the Dick Jerron uh, times and, and then we're going into the Lovey era. And, you know, I was I was still a young player, but, you know, that first year at Lovey, it was rough. It was about, you know, installing his, uh, his scheme, his culture, and things didn't look that great. You know what I mean? Um, you know, obviously, you know, you know, everybody knows Lovey's philosophy, uh, hustle to the ball, finish, you know, turnovers. And, you know, that was the defense. And on the offensive side, we were trying to get a, a new uh, culture going on as far as finishing and just a different, whole different mindset. So, and then that, that we went from that first year of Lovey to the second year. And that's where we made a major step. And we felt it. We knew it that offseason that, Okay, here comes Tommy Harris, you know, and here comes Tank. Um, we knew we were ready to make that transition, and that's the year that we beat uh, Green Bay. You know, the the um, the year that Lovey was saying, "Hey, we're gonna come in and beat them." We actually beat them that first year, but um, it was that it was that second year that we came in. It was just like everything was clicking, which eventually led to the following year um, getting to the Super Bowl. So. Just the vibes around that place, you know, me just being able to be there for those, uh, you know, just, you know, we for Monday we had the golf outing 
and it was really just alumni players. But the, the, the cool thing about it i never seen before was the front office and the coaching staff was at the golf outing with us. Uh, Poles was out there chipping. Him and Cunningham were over there. And I went right up to him and I talked to him. And he, I mean, he gave me a good, candid, like good conversation, open conversation, which is pretty good, cool. And then I ran into him in the, uh, inside the clubhouse. You know, he just is open. You know, Iberflus came up to our table uh, talking to guys. You know, it was, it was really open. You could, And then going in for mini camp, just the, the vibe in the place, the energy. You could tell that they're on to something special, and hopefully that will be the case this season. See, and I don't know how much that really matters, Steve, but I think it's awesome for, uh, you know, for me to hear, for Bears fans to hear that there is an open door to the past, that they are embracing what the organization has been. I heard, I, I got wind of that last year that when Eberflus came, he was, he was calling up different guys and, and, you know, just basically telling them you're welcome around here. And, and we, you know, we, we want to, um, just to let you know that you know you're still a part of this organization because you've contributed in different ways. Um, so that's awesome to hear. What what uh, you got any nuggets that you pulled out of that conversation, Steve? That you could share with us? Anything interesting? <laughs> Absolutely, I do. <laughs> um, you know, I really we talked about um, you know the number one draft pick, which I was really heavily involved. I did some um, you know I did some pre-draft stuff, and you know, and I was really high on Paris Johnson. Um, and he was too, but he, uh, Darnell Wright was their guy, you know, from the conversation I had, he's like, Hey, I like Paris. And obviously Arizona came up, but he was just basically in saying so many words that Darnell was their guy. They weren't going to move off of it. Um, and then, you know, we just talked about some other prospects that we've seen and he was just very candid, very, just very accurate from what I've heard. But um, then when the, in the clubhouse, that was out in the chipping. We was out there practicing. We got the Darnell, and he likes the way he's coming along, and he thinks he's going to be something special. Then when we got in the clubhouse, I grabbed him again. I said, you know, I like the way this line. What do you what do you feel about this line? He really feels like they're coming along. He likes the unit that they have. Uh, he likes the depth. And um, at that at that moment, before I can even go any further, my buddy who was there with me intersected trying to ask his stupid questions and uh i couldn't get i wanted to dig i said i had him going i was like i'm about to keep going but uh he's like in the unit you know i mentioned to him i like white hair moving back to center he was ingredients to that and uh just everything right now he just feels really good about the unit you could tell when everyone talks about the super bowl bears or even the 2005 bears who who came on real hot i think won like 11 straight games or something like that uh ultimately lost to the Panthers in the playoffs. But those two years, everyone talks about the defense. But I think the thing people forget about the Super Bowl run was they were also number one in the league in offense. And a part of that was because – a big part of that was because the offensive line and the veteran leadership you guys had with Reuben Brown, you know, uh, Space Mountain, he used to always say, you know, Roberto Garza, <laughs> you know. And now you bring in a guy like Nate Davis around a young group. You know, how important is that for this unit? How much of an impact can he make with this team? Uh, a huge one. I mean, obviously, he'll be next to Darnell Wright. Um, you know, he he comes like he his strength is run game, you know. So, obviously, I think this is a perfect match for Darnell. He's a, he's a mauler. So, I think – and then his veteran presence is going to be there to kind of help bring this young guy up to – but this is stabilization. This, 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 you know, the stability. 
of the offensive line, getting guys in place and saying, hey, you guys are there. Obviously, I'm sure there's competition still out there. You know, uh, I've seen uh, Leatherwood. He's at guard. So I think there's some – there could be some competition there if there's any slip by Jenkins. But uh, you got your guys in place. And I think that's something that, you know, that is very important. So 2005 – you know, I was a backup, but we had our starter unit. You know, it was like, okay, let's figure out who's going to be the backups or where everybody else goes. But the starter unit was pretty much in place. And and that's supporting this, this to, to solidify that offense and just have some confidence, um, you know, where everybody's going to be and being on the same page. And then the guys who are backing up kind of know what their roles are. So I think that's that's a beautiful thing to be going in now. That's just saying one thing. We'll see how it goes, but it's it's good to just have that going in. Steve, you played all over the line. What 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 was the hardest transition from from one spot to another to make for you? Oh, I mean, it was going from guard back out to tackle. You know, so originally I was a tackle all my career, high school, college, beginning in the pros, and then they moved me into guard. So then they expected me to bounce back out to tackle because I had all that experience. So that was always different because when you're at guard, you got you got your center next to you, you got your tackle next to you. It's um it's immediate. The contact with the D lineman is immediate. You can get your hands on them. When you go out to the edge and you're out there to tackle, you're you're on an island, and it's it, it is honestly it's a best much better athlete. I wouldn't say much better, but back when I was playing it was a vast difference, like, who who was better athlete was the defense end. Nowadays, I mean, D tackles are unbelievably talented. But back then, the ends were the guys. So it was just like, okay, now I got to adjust the kick step, you know, your angle, you you know, you're either going 45 vertical, you know, it's, it's, it's all changes. And then the timing of your punch uh, is coming a little bit different, you know what I mean? It's like you can't get them immediately. You got to time that punch up. Got to know where that pocket is, you know, trying to keep that pocket wide. Uh, it was always a difficult one to, to do. And, you know, and I tried to just embrace it just to, you know, stay in the league as long as I could, you know, and that that, that did uh, keep me around for a while. You you know, you kind of hinted, I, I don't know how much you're, you're paying attention to this, but when you said Leatherwood, you know, is listed at guard, so he may or may not – be in some kind of competition. You mentioned Jenkins. That certainly got my ears perked up with Jenkins moving from right guard to left guard. A, how hard that will that be for him specifically? How much of a difference, even though you're staying at guard, you're moving to the other side. And then B, you know, with his up and down storyline since, you know, Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles have come here. Do you think there's an opportunity there for a guy like Alex Leatherwood to take his spot? I think competition, there, there always will be an opportunity. Um, uh, let's focus on the first thing is like, yeah, it's, it can be a little difficult, especially if you are new to guard. Now he's got some, you know, experience there from last year, now bumping over to left, but the good, the beauty about it, they got him there, you know, and he can try to find his home, find his comfortability and his stance at that position. But it could be some difficulties, but um you know, I, I think his his journey has been kind of weird. You know, he never really got the opportunity to really see him at tackle. He never, you know, injuries and things like that. But now, um, you know, he's in guard. He's at guard. And he's kind of got to like, hey, it's one of those things where 
you, you want to stay on the team, you know, that's where they value at. You got to just embrace it and go with it. Um, I would have definitely liked to see a more tackle, but, um, you know, he, it, there's a possibility if, you know, Leatherwood, you know, he has some things off the field and he's had a lot of baggage. Um, you never know though. He has the talent. Guy came from Alabama first round, you know, you know, you, you hope that this, you never know that, you know, lightning strikes and this guy all of a sudden gets it. So, I mean, we won't really be able to tell that until training camp when things get, you know, a little physical and we get into some preseason games. But I would this like to, I would think that Jenkins has this thing solidified pretty much, but like it will take Leatherwood to really, really come along and really show some good, you know, really good film out there. And we'll see. You know, I know he's one of these guys that could, could not, maybe not be on the chopping block, but. When I see him at guard, I mean, I say, man, this dude could be good there. You know, I like I like when you take a, guard, a tackle and put him at guard. I think that's always a great transition. That's super interesting. And, you know, they paid Nate some big dough and they moved Tevin over there. So, but he, you know, maybe there's a reserve spot that he could continue to work and show these coaches what he can do. I got a trivia question for you, Steve. Can you name every quarterback that started a game for the Bears in 2004? Oh wow, oh, man! Two thousand four. That was Lovey's first year. Yep. Oh my God. Okay, we started off with Rex. We started off with Rex. Oh my God, this is a hard one. Rex. It's, it's uh, super hard. Uh, Craig Krenzel. Yep. Um, Rex started three games. Krenzel started five. Um, Chad Hutchinson had five. There we go. And can you get the final three? He was the he was the yeah. most veteran of anybody on the roster. Jeff George. Nope. Okay, this... hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Straight out. Yeah. Don't give me a hint. Give me a hint. He came out of two colleges, Tulane and Middle Tennessee State. And oh yeah. Oh, Jonathan Quinn. Oh my there. God. Oh, there it is. Oh my. God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could any of those guys play? Let's be honest. Who, if if you had to win one football game, who you who you taking, Steve? Obviously, you get Rex. You are gonna go with Rex, but you want to go with the. I know you want to go with the ladder. The ladder. Uh, let's create uh, Chad Hut. No, Chad Hutchinson. I guess he he did a couple. He had like a couple games stretch where he did some things. There was some lightning in the bottle, but. Oh my God, Jonathan Quinn really strikes a nerve. Like, say that to like Olin or any of those guys, man. This dude can he throw, man? He, do you understand that this dude told us we're getting we're playing against Washington Redskins? This is Sean Taylor back in the day. Like, this dude was just lurking six four at the we like you know just crazy. So we couldn't do anything. Like they were trying to pass the ball. We just like we like man, just run the ball. We just like just run it. And like halftime, we came out. And I, I guess Olin might have said something. We come in, we come back out. Craig, uh, Jonathan Quinn comes up to defenses out first. Jonathan Quinn comes up and like, hey, guess what, guys? Coach said we're gonna run the ball. We just like, we're like, no, no duh, man. We bought the yeah, dude. You can't pass, dude. So <laughs> came along with Terry Shea. Shea. It was like a package deal. That was his backup, and this dude that had thrown the ball, and you know who knows when. And whoa, what a year that was! 
was uh, I'm I'm get, so he was like nerd vibes Jonathan Quinn or just like clueless or both 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 <laughs> both man that dude was just like he and he made some good money as a court he was one of those guys that just hid in the back as a backup did you know got lucky nobody got hurt you know and just kind of just rolled the wave and when he got to Chicago he had to get out there boy and it was. It was not nice. I mean, this dude can, I mean, it's just like this dude should never been in the I hate to talk like that, but this dude should never been in the field. You know? Yeah, I, I remember those days well. Um, but, you know, back yeah. to. <laughs> you were probably saying this is the guy. Braggs is no, like. No, no, no. It's not on there. I had, <laughs> had no illusions that season. Yeah. <laughs> fans, we as fans, we can talk ourselves into a lot of things, but that was a bridge too far right there. Um, that was a tough season, but you know, going back to this year's team, you know, being at mini camp last year, I know, or last week, I know they weren't in pads, so you can only take so much from seven on seven and things of that nature. You know, what, what's standing out to you? Obviously we all want to hear about DJ Moore and things of that nature, but you know, anything else outside of that, you know, um, what, what's standing out to you about this team? I mean, I, the one. I mean, we were out there. We got to mini camp, um, and well, standing out was the defense. The defense was this, and it that was that day. Maybe the reports came out that Justin had a bad day, and it was. He was down two receivers. Uh, Clay Pools was out. Uh, Moody was out. Uh, so he was down two guys. Uh, but the defense, like it was like a period. So I was really paying attention. The period was kind of like a like a walkthrough pace. And then they like switched right into another team period. Those team period was kind of walk through pace. They switched right into another team period. And it was like the offensive line and the offense, generally the whole offense, but really the offensive line too, where the defense just went up another level and the offense wasn't like ready for it. You know, and what I really saw was that offensive line, they were getting blown past. That defensive line was coming. They were they were sending different units in. Um, and obviously we, they were in, they're in shells. I don't even know if they were wearing shells. They were in the helmets, but still there's some engagement. It's this get get yourself in front of guys. Don't get blown by. And I saw a couple of instances where guys were just coming free and that was kind of worrisome, but I'm like, it's early defense always has the early advantage. And then I realized Justin wasn't, didn't have his two receivers. He didn't look as sharp as he, you know, as well as you, you know, like I said, but, um, it was the defense. They were moving. They were humming. They were talking. They were lively. Um, and it kind of reminded me of like that lovey, that 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 mode, like where I felt like when Mike Brown was out there and they're chirping and they're moving, you know, talking. Right. And, um, but that's what's, in, that's what's interesting about it, Steve. Is no, they don't have the defensive ends yet. Everybody knows they need pass rushers. But you talked about Tank Johnson, Tommy Harris coming into the fold. They just brought in two young D tackles that are hungry. Uh, Javon Dexter, from what Carm tells me, looks like a freak of nature out there. And this linebacking core, no, are they Erlocker and Briggs and Hillemeyer? Maybe not, but they're extremely talented. You know, top-end linebacking, you know, uh, production from Tremaine Edmonds and Ed- TJ Edwards. In this secondary, you know, Eddie Jackson, you know, trying to pick ball. I, I I, think people, you know, are underestimating just how good this defense could potentially be if the right things fall into place. 
Yeah, absolutely, man. Edmonds, I mean, you're talking about a guy who could cover a lot of ground, man. He's so long. I mean, he's 6'5", that middle linebacker. I know we're going to miss, uh, you know, Roquan, but this guy, is. I think, is going to bring a different element that I think will really surprise people. At the, and then in particular, he's at the middle linebacker. But those linebackers will cover a lot of ground, get in the passing lanes. He's long. So, you know, they made it difficult. And that, and in turn, that's going to help that defense, you know, the offense, I mean. Um, the thing I'm going to tell you, another thing I'm kind of like, this I'm, I just want to keep an eye on this is Braxton Jones. We know he's been working with Olin. And I want to say, you know, as far as his anchor, that was the big thing about him. Uh, can he anchor down against the bull rush? We saw a lot of times where he got pushed back into the lap of, of uh, Justin Fields and Justin had to spin out. Now, he's an athletic dude on the, you know, any tosses. He was very good. I mean, but it's that bull rush, and you got to be able to sit about, down on the bull. You're going against grown men out there. But Ole is one of these guys that understands the anchor and hand placement and hand striking. And I come from that same principle of teaching and understanding that. So when he got with Olin, I'm like, cool. One thing I did see, he get he got blown by a couple occasions. I don't want to look too much into it, but I was like, is he trying to worry about sitting down on the bull when, when now somebody's kind of, you know, running past him? That's something I, I would probably take a look at as things move forward. Is he overcompensating for sitting down on a bush bull rush, which will in turn maybe give up some speed off the edge? which he didn't particularly have a problem with. So watch out for that. And I kind of seen that a little bit. So you're hopeful but skeptical on Braxton really holding down that left tackle spot. Is that fair? Yes, yes. You know, I, I, I hope for the best. But, you know, I think there's still a learning curve with him. Uh, and the thing about it, everybody has a tail on him now. So he's got to have to sort those things out. But like like I said, we've got to wait to training camp. I plan on trying to get up there and get eyes on that a little bit better, you know, get up there for one of those practices and, and see what's up and see how he's doing with those pads come on. Very cool. Well, well I hope to see you up there, um, Steve, and maybe when we get into camp, maybe we can bring you back on and, and talk about some of the stuff, you you know, once we get a better perspective, once we get the pads on and crack All right. Yeah, sir. What do you say, Carl? Well, two things. One, before you go, Steve, the quarterback, how confident are you that he's the dude? I'm I'm confident, you know. What I mean, um, I got to be confident, you know, dealing with all the quarterbacks I had. So I got to have some level of confidence. Like, hey, this dude looked better than all my quarterbacks I had, <laughs> uh, all 15, 16 of them. You know, um, I I just you know I just I just worry about being so much pressure. Us having the draft capital that we have, that everybody's like, we got to see it this year, or we need to straight up you know what i mean so i'm scared that we put too much emphasis on him trying to be perfect but i think he's the guy i think he's got the people around him i think it will all come together um you know and i think we'll see some beautiful things out of him obviously i think the reports came out that he responded well so that was good to see after i seen maybe you know there's not a good performance that day from him so I think you can, and that's uh, that's part of it, man. It's early. Defense has the advantage. They're playing fast. As long yep. as you come back and you can bounce back and have better performance, that's always, you know, uh, showing progress, you know, and maturity. You have one more thing for him, Carl? Well, I just want to let Steve know that you are officially 
our 2003 to 2005 offensive lineman guru who we're going to lean on to uh you know assess what's going on with this revamped offensive line which you're which you're confident in but I'm going to have you know we're all going to have a close eye on it cuz you know they they got a big time job this year. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm here man. Y'all know where to find me man. I'm always watching man. I'm watching this game and you know, you know just hit me up. I have something for you. I appreciate. It. When you see this picture, Steve, what are you thinking? Uh, big Gib, big Aaron Gibson right next to me, just absolutely. And Jason McKee's got a biscuit head down there, and <laughs> tell him I said that. But like Aaron Gibson made me look small right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate all your time tonight. We'll definitely uh, be we be calling you to come back on and give us some more of your expertise. Thanks again for all your time, and uh, we'll see you soon. Guys, take care. All right, that is big. Steve Edwards, uh, formerly of the Chicago Bears and and on the sidelines at minicamp, coming up at training camp, be out there too. Can I uh, so now, can ahead, I call man. you Jonathan Quinn from now on? No, you you're can't. A, no, you can't. All right, you're Jonathan Quinn. I'm Rex. All right, so moving on to our next guest, we're going to ke- keep this rivalry uh, theme going that we've been doing for the last few After Darks. Uh, last after dark, we had Peter Bukowski from Locked On Packers come on the show, and tonight we have Matt Derry coming on from Locked On Lions. And apparently, my guy Mark saying that he 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 knows you through another person. I don't. He said like a little uh, two ways from bacon, maybe. Derry, do you remember me? Of course. I I had no idea, Greg, that you were co-hosting this show with uh, Mark Harmon, who uh, <laughs> is a Chicago legend. Legend, <laughs> yes, and I am learning so much from him. You know, it's, it's... Well, well. I think if, if memory serves, you were pre-post for the Pistons two thousand three, right? Two thousand two. Yes. Yeah. So me and one of Matt's friends from college, good old Rob Ginsburg. Oh I think this God. is right. That's I correct. We, I know that I was there. We, yes. Or maybe he just connected us. I drove up, Braggs. You should love this. It was Jordan's. First game back in a, wiz- in a Wizards uniform. Yes. And you, were he, with, was, you were with Gins. Gins and you were both there. That's exactly right. And we and yeah. he, it was a preseason game. He the, played the preseason tw- opener. Yeah. Correct. We, we drove. You don't. We drove to Detroit for the preseason opener. And basically the highlight was just seeing him come out of the tunnel. And I felt it come all over me. That was, <laughs> that was, it was, that was a little, little weird pun right there. But it was, I was very excited. Yeah. No, it's it's great to see you, Carm. It's it's funny. Uh, Gins is, uh, I think, doing well. I know he got married. Uh, I don't talk to him as much as I I should, but uh, I know how how passionate he is about his uh, about his uh, sports teams. I'm sure he's not real happy with the uh, Pedro Grafal's lineup uh, maneuvering uh, with with his Southsiders, but uh, that's neither here nor there. But it's great to, great to be with you guys. Yeah, good to I see think- you, man. All right, now 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 you can argue with Braggs about the. the did, where, did you, I'll I'll just do the first question. Did you, <laughs> Jameer Gibbs, really? Jack Campbell, Derry? I, I, I mean, why why do the Lions got to make this hard on, the, on themselves? It's so it was so out of the box. But maybe you think they were making brilliant moves. Well, I'll say this, Mark. I, I think the night of the draft and certainly, you know, doing a, a post-draft pod, I was like, you're right. Is this 1983? We're drafting a running back and 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 they're taking a middle linebacker. Like, what what is this? After the as the draft wore on, and as you go through rounds two through three, and, and then you get to four through seven, I do see 
what they're doing. And obviously getting rid of DeAndre Swift uh, enables Gibbs now to get some opportunities with your guy, Montgomery. And, and I think that I think I still don't love the Campbell pick. I think it was high to be taking a middle linebacker at 18, but I do see what they're trying to do. And the rest of their draft, they did very well. And let's be honest, fellas. And I know you guys are Bears guys and, and you have Hall of Fields at quarterback. I heard big Steve <laughs> calling him Justin. Uh, and I know certain people, uh, friends of mine in Chicago uh, that I won't name, Dave Kaplan, uh, uh, have anointed the Hall of Fields getting his gold jacket this year. But sorry, this is going to be the Lions division to to lose. I, I don't see anybody else. I'm not some slappy here that's telling you they're going to win 13 games, but this division is pretty weak, and I think Detroit's on its way. Yeah, I, I they finished on a strong note last year, knocking the Packers out, uh, ending Rodgers' tenure in the NFC uh, with an interception and and Selah V to the playoffs for him. So I, I know a lot of Bears fans appreciated that. Um, when you talk about the Lions, before you know, I you know eventually want to move to your your perspective from the Bears, but sticking with the Lions, you know, I, I guess the biggest controversy of the offseason has been the gambling and and players and, and coaches getting suspended. How much of that is a concern to you? Is that something that is taking a hit in the culture that Dan Campbell is trying to build? I mean, to say it's interesting because you know, previously to the Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes regime, you had an absolute bleep show with Matt Patricia and, and, and Bob Quinn. I mean, it was a disaster. You have veteran players, vested veteran players, invested veteran players like Darius Lake, Glover Quinn. I mean, publicly saying, get me out of here. I hate it here. Patricia's the worst. So the culture was so bad to turn it around now to Brad and Dan and the job that they've done. You're right. The gambling thing wasn't good. Jamison Williams is going to have to miss the first seven ga- or six games. So that's not good. Uh, Quintez uh, uh, Cephas is gone. C.J. Moore, very highly uh, touted sort of um, uh, special teamer, has been booted off the team. So that's not good. But they've been able to weather this because they're the favorites to win the division. They feel so good about where they are. Everybody showed up for voluntary camp. Everybody showed up for mandatory camp. Uh, Jamison said he was sorry, although I think he's still pretty immature and needs to grow up a little bit, but the amount of talent that they have, how they're feeling about their locker room, the leadership that they have, it really didn't take its toll. Like it usually does in here in Detroit where it's been same old lions for 60 years. Do you have the best quarterback in the division, Matt, in your mind? <laughs> um, that's a good question. I mean, I'm not the biggest Jared Goff fan, but I, I, I could say yes. I mean, I, I'm not a Cousins fan either. So Kirk Cousins has won a road playoff game pretty recently when Minnesota went into New Orleans. So you give him that. It's obvious that that Goff, when he was in L.A. at the early stages of Sean McVay, took that team to the Super Bowl. He had a really good year last year. Uh, Carm, I'll say yes, uh, but I think that a lot of it is system-oriented. I think Ben Johnson, the O.C., is a, a brilliant um, I love the way they, they mix in the play action pass with the running game. They've got two headed monster now with Montgomery and, and, and Gibbs, as opposed to last year with Jamal and uh, Jamal Williams and Deandre Swift. I think they're still very good up front. So, uh, I think that enables Jared Goff to succeed there. And at the end of last season, he wasn't making any mistakes and he played really, really good football. So I'll say yes, because I just, obviously with you guys, I still think it's a work in progress with, with fields and. I don't know what Jordan Love is yet, and Kirk Cousins is on the back end, on the back, on the back nine, as they say. 
you you had uh, the tongue in cheek Hendon Hooker set up on a tee for you uh, <laughs> there with best quarterback. I mean, people are excited. I mean, you got to remember the Lions never, ever, ever draft a developmental young kid third round, fourth round, fifth round ever. I mean, the last was Brad Kaya out of Miami years ago. I've been begging on the show and I've been doing this podcast since 2016. Just get, get a young guy in here to push Stafford, get a young guy in here to push golf. And they haven't done it. Hendon hooker is interesting because he, he was really good last year and was on his way to New York city for the Heisman ceremony before he got hurt. But now at 25 years old off a torn ACL, I think he's going to hold a clipboard all year. I don't think you're going to see him no matter what. And if golf goes down, it's the Nate Sudfeld show. And then after that, my guess would be that they would go out and probably sign Teddy Bridgewater because he has New Orleans connections with Dan Campbell, Aaron Glenn, and some other assistant coaches. Yeah, my, my one of my biggest concerns like going into the draft were, was were the Lions going to take Anthony Richardson? You know, right. and, and set themselves up for the future or even the Vikings if somebody like that had fallen. And I was like, I don't want either of these teams to figure out their quarterback of the future. You know, if they got to be good this year, so be it. Then you guys come through the back door and draft Hendon Hooker, who Adam Hogue, who's a part of our team, is is very high on. Uh, despite the age, uh, I think we all saw you know his ability last year before he got injured. So certainly an interesting uh, project to to give yourself a shot at. Uh, and and in, in regards to Jared Goff, I think Bears fans, you you talk about how we hype up Justin Fields and how excited we are for him, and we are. If he put up the kind of numbers Jared Goff did last year, oh we would be God. throwing a ticker tape parade oh, on yeah, Lakeshore Drive. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting. I mean, it just, he's not, when Fields went off against the Lions at Soldier Field, Lions came back and won that football game, of course, the Okuda pick yeah, six. you guys and... cheated. We know. I'm kidding. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but in that game, obviously, Fields ran for like uh, almost 200 yards. And one of the local columnists here, uh, and I'm not going to say his name, but in the free press said something to the effect of despite the Lions win, they're going to need their own fields one day. Golf's not good enough. And I think Jared took that to heart. I think he, they showed it to him and, you know, he played really well. He doesn't have the sex appeal of fields in terms of the, the two-way ability, the ability to scramble and do all that. But behind this offensive line, which is really, really good. And having a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown and now Sam Laporta at tight end, I think is going to be excellent. And Gibbs and Monty, I think you're going to be in good shape. And it's not the sexy thing, but Jared Goff's not 35 either. I mean, he's still in his 20s, and I think he's still got some good football left, and he still has something to prove. So then let's ask a different question. You you can have any quarterback in the division right now. You have him for the next five years. You still taking Goff over fields? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just not a the, field the fan. To the side, I like though. I like the Hall of Fields better in, in in Columbus. I thought he was really good in college. I just like I and I get it. And you guys see this more than me. That offensive line's been atrocious for how long? You know. And I know you've had so many bad quarterbacks, and everybody jokes. Well, the last you know the last time we made any any run, it was Rex Grossman. But like it, it's it's. I want to see this year because he's got some nice weapons and nice pieces and the line is much better. I want to see him on third and 10 in the fourth quarter of a tight game. Make that throw. I don't know if he can do it. Yeah. Um, right. can, can he run? Oh, yeah, of course. Well, I think, you know, like golf, he's going to move the chains. They're going to score points. And now with the Bears this year, is Fields going to be Drew Brees anytime soon? No, I don't think so. But his ability, his playmaking ability, they're going to move the chains. 
They have a better team around him on both sides of the ball, which they all play into each other. You know, they're going to be competitive. I mean, they kept games pretty competitively close last year with one of the worst rosters I've ever seen here in Chicago. So I'm confident that, you know, they're going to make plays. They're going to move the chain. They're going to score points. Uh, Wins and losses, you know, sometimes come from the bounce of the ball and a flip of a coin. So we'll just have to wait and see when it comes to that. You know, when you talk about you feeling like the Lions are the favorite, how much was it a disappointment? Like I know everyone finished the season, but from your perspective, I'm curious because I everyone was so, you know, like satisfied. It felt like from the outside how the Lions finished the season knocking the Packers out. But I referenced earlier, you know, they lost to the Panthers. You know, I think it was the second to last week of the season. And yeah. that was the game that was gonna get them in the playoffs. You know, it's like they they had to win that game. So when the season was over, as close as you guys were. Was it, uh, okay, this is great, or was it disappointment because of how close you guys were to making the playoffs? I mean, it was a little crazy around here. You guys have to remember something. And I I know you guys have had some rough patches, too, in Chicago pretty recently. The the, the Lions run this town no matter if they go 0-16, which they have recently, or 9-8. The Pistons are bad. The Tigers are laughably bad. And the Red Wings have not been good in years. So... People are starving for something. So to watch the reaction of, all right, the Rams uh, blew it against the Seahawks. So Seattle's going to get in, even if we beat the Packers tonight in week 17 in that game. And then the Lions win. All right. And it was like a party. It's like, wait a minute. They didn't win anything. They didn't, they finished yes with a winning record, which is cute. But like when Jim Caldwell made it to the playoffs, people wanted him fired. Campbell takes a team nine and eight. They don't make the playoffs. As you referenced, Greg, they gag in Carolina weeks earlier, get just housed by the Panthers and pushed around. But it was like, throw a, throw a damn parade down Woodward. It was crazy here. People were so happy about a game that really turned out to be, yes, they knocked Rodgers out. Yes, they knocked the Packers out. But really, it didn't have much meaning other than fans just are so excited now that that was a different feeling than maybe a few years ago when they actually made the playoffs. Right. You're headed in the right direction. You beat Green Bay, which has tormented everybody for, I don't know, three decades, let's call it. Right. Do you, is Dan Campbell the guy, Matt? I think so. You know, I he's definitely a culture builder. He's got veteran f- free agents that, that would have left in, in previous regimes, staying on board for less money. Uh, Charles Harris, Romeo Quara, Halapulavati Vitae, all these guys took a pay cut to stay which is crazy. So he's got them all bought in. The question is, and you bring up a good one, Mark, you're right. Tight game. Remember week four last year in Minnesota, he's got a, a, a injured kicker, Austin cyber kicking 50 plus yarders, bad move, gave the Vikings a short field. Cousins comes down and, and rallies him to a win. And you're and Campbell after the game said, I blew it. Now that you're the favorites targets on your back. Is he going to be able to scheme? Is he going to make the right call uh, in a fourth quarter? still remains to be seen. This is the ultimate test now because everyone's picking the Lions. Vegas has the Lions. Go do it. And then we'll find out if he's the guy. But again, he's got four more years on his deal. He got a six-year contract. He's not going anywhere. No, nowhere. I, 
I just am rooting for him uh, from a as much as a Bears fan on a Bears podcast can root for the Lions head coach. But he he's a breath of fresh air in that he gives you something different than every other NFL coach. He's he's authentic. He's interesting. He's I mean, it's it, it at times it's like it's a little meatball there, brother, but that's OK. Like <laughs> I, I just I, yeah. I enjoy we need more Dan Campbell, not less in the NFL, in my mind. I agree. And, and with all these press conferences and you guys know, uh, Greg and Mark about, you know, media availability and how much time you have for a guy to say, Hey, you know, when you ask somebody about an injury on a Tuesday back in the day, Jim Caldwell said the report will be out tomorrow at four 30. It's like, are you serious? I checked the report or whatever. Belichick's been doing it for years. Dan Campbell saying, yeah, we're worried. He's going to be out a few weeks. And it's like, it's like you said, it's authentic Carm. It's like, finally, someone's just giving us some answers and, and it's hard not to like him. And, um, you know, he and Brad Holmes work very well together and that's good because like I said before, we've had some GM coaches spats and some other things that have happened and it's refreshing. Well, yeah, speaking of refreshing, I mean, you talk about, you know, everybody's picking the lines this year. It feels like they're the hot team, you know, vibes, you know, around the city are, are high, even though they fell short of the playoffs. And now the NFL picks them to start the season against the Kansas city chiefs. You know, everybody was wondering what that game would be. I, I personally was like, how do you not put Bengals chiefs week one and let them duke it out? We got to wait all the way till January and all yeah. these different variables come into play for that rivalry to get uh, fired back up. But no, they picked the lions to play yeah. in Kansas city. What's that like to, to now be the team that they want to put on the primetime stage like that? Well, it, it's huge. I mean, you're talking. So the last game they played was obviously NBC and Tariko and Collinsworth. And obviously Mike being from, from Ann Arbor and living here, he's, he's sort of like, you know, has some lion's blood in him and now they're going to do the game again. I think it's great. I think it's exciting. Uh, I have said on my podcast, I don't think they're going to win that football game. And it's not like I'm going out on some big limb here, but when you revamp your entire secondary, Greg, and 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 you've got all new guys, and they're all upgrades. Don't get me wrong. The secondary is going to be good. But the first game together, adding Sutton, Gardner-Johnson, Mosley, Walker coming back, and Joseph in his second year, to have to have the new secondary together for the first time against Mahomes, that's, that could be a long night. I, I don't love the matchup for the first game, uh, to be quite honest. But from an excitement standpoint, yes, the fans are, are thrilled. They can't wait. June 21, Matt. Uh, just let's let's get the let's get the division order. Let's we're gonna we'll save the tape. You got Detroit <laughs> up top. Who's finishing second? Um, I still think the Packers aren't horrible. I I, I think Green Bay still has good football players, and you know Rashawn Gary and Jair Alexander, and uh, on the defensive side, I think Matt Lafleur is pretty good. I think that that distraction and that diva is gone. Uh, I don't think I don't know if Jordan Love can do it, but I think that's not a bad team. I think Minnesota's going to take a big step back, uh, and if they trade Daniil Hunter, I mean, come on, who's going to rush the passer up there? So I'd actually put the Bears ahead of the Vikings. If uh, maybe it's because I'm being nice and I'm on your show, but I, I do believe I like the, what the Bears have done in free agency. The linebackers are good. Um, I thought you spent a lot of money on them, but like. I think I think Minnesota's in big trouble. Does Don Burr watch your podcast? Because he's in here every day and he just rattles at Bears fans. Also, I mean, he's an Don Burr. Don Burr. 
He's a he's a he's a strong podcast listener who's always active in the chat. I don't see it tonight. <laughs> yeah, we have. I don't lot. know Don. If I yeah. if Don, I apologize if I if I don't remember you. But uh, is he is he like hazing you guys about the bear? Is he a Bears hater? He's or? not in here tonight, so that's a big fail by him. <clears throat> uh, but he's in our podcast chats every day, and just as somebody that watches a lot of different Bears podcasts, he goes in all Bears podcasts. And really? His name's Don Burr, and he's a diehard Lions fan and everything okay. he chats about is the Lions. I'll have to shout him out. I'll have okay, to shout him yeah. out tomorrow on my show. I'm sure I he's did a big fan I did text Zach Zaidman and told him to tune in though. Hey, uh, <laughs> Zach's, Zach, I know Zach well. He's, That's he, my boy. I, yeah, he's a legend in his own he right. Is. We, we miss his reporting with the Bears for sure. Oh. Uh, uh, quick, two very quick ones. Hard knocks, would you, I know there's some rumors that you guys might be considered for back-to-back years. Would you welcome that? I was told they're not going to do it. I was told the Lions have told the league no. The league's begging them from what I'm being told because of how entertaining they were. And I guess the other teams, including the Bears, nobody wants to do it. Yeah, I'm I'm disappointed about it for the Bears standpoint. I want it. But I I get it too. When you have a new GM or what second year now for these guys, I I can see the distraction. I can see, you know, how the Lions handled it very well. They really did. I, I was worried about it. I said this is going to be a circus, and they handled it great. So it also helped that you had a pretty mature first-round pick in Aiden Hutchinson. You had, you know, guys bought into the Jamal Williams craziness a little bit, and and it ended up working out. But I can see why the Bears, Jets, and a few of these other teams have said, we don't want to do it. But here's another thing, the, the reason the Lions did it. The Lions have been begging the league for the Super Bowl. They wanted – or it's not Super Bowl, uh, the draft. They've been wanting to host the draft for years. And I think this was a little give and take. Like, we'll do hard knocks. Give us the draft. And so we're getting the draft here Next uh, in year, a couple right? of years. Or two years, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and then the the helmet release came out yeah. today. I saw a little bit of your thoughts on Twitter. It sounds like you like the new design. I do. Um, I wish they would wear this with their blue and gray jerseys and silver jerseys. They're going to wear it just for two weeks, week eight, against the Raiders for Monday Night Football. And then week 18 against the Vikings at home, they're wearing their gray, gray color rush. So that'll go with the all gray uniform. I would have liked to have seen that with the white or even the blue. But other than that, I think it's pretty cool. That old lion logo, they barely use that yeah. from the 60s. Well, um, it looks like it's from the Egyptian pyramid. I know. Era. It's, got, it's like a hieroglyphic. It totally. almost looks like but from me. They rarely use that, but the fans love it. And so uh, I think it's pretty cool. I, look, like Harm said, it's June 21st. So like, you know, what else are we doing here? So that was a smart <laughs> move for the Lions to get a little, get a little publicity. Do you ever and... see the girl that does the the redesigns uh, that Emily yes. uh, creates? Yeah. And she made this Lions logo just yeah. out of curiosity. What you? I thought this was pretty sharp by her. Eh, I no? didn't. I didn't love it. I thought okay. it was all right. It, okay. it got a lot of play. That's for sure. And they, yeah. you know. Uh, players were wearing t-shirts too so (laughs) (laughs) all right matt well i appreciate you coming on uh tonight uh certainly was efforting uh everybody was kind of highly recommending you i didn't know you knew carm so that's pretty cool uh appreciate you coming on at the late hour uh we appreciate you maybe maybe we can cross paths another time down the road would love it guys thank you so much matt Derry. good to see you brother hi mark thanks bud see you brother that is matt Derry from locked on lions Make sure to follow him on Twitter from perspective, from the other side of enemy lines. Uh, We appreciate him coming on tonight and Steve Edwards for that matter.
So nice little, nice little after dark. And now Don Burr's popping in to attack Derry that he's a Browns fan. Settle down, Donnie Burr. Oh, so he did show up. <laughs> 2.0. Is there a 1.0? I'm not a, a, aware of. Like, what's going on here, Don? I, I'm not. I, 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 is he? Has he not always been 2.0? I, I guess. I, I, I guess. I, I thought he was always attention. 2.0. Yeah, uh, Robert Friel goes. I think Denver heard his name. You summon the demon, Braggs. Yeah, <laughs> I we spoke his name into existence, and here he is. Um, so there it is. Good show, Braggs. You had a lot of fun. Uh, Darian, you still got your cram shirt on? Are you still rocking um, it? Oh, you it. took it off. I get you a nice gift. Look at us all smiling. The cram shirt. I was very proud of this. I, I, you looked like you didn't know how to feel. You were like happy. No, because I because I don't want to be called cram. <laughs> I know I know that. Well, maybe today we'll retire it. But you know, I felt like it would be I, fun. I I was driving actually uh, later in the afternoon. By the way, it's nice to have the Sanborn jersey just hanging out there. And I and I did think to myself, I did not properly thank you, Greg, no, for making the effort to put my face on a T-shirt, <laughs> pay money out of your own pocket for to bring in four of them. You did not have to do that, and I do appreciate it. So, despite no, the- I'm not looking for a thank you. Obviously, I like to have fun with you, and um, so it was a funny idea. No, no, I, I, I know you're not looking for it. I, I know you're not looking for it, you jerk. Yeah. I'm just giving you a thank you because well, you're a sweetheart. You're, you're welcome. You're welcome. I enjoy doing these shows. It's the slow time of the year. I know everybody wants to dive deep into Bears talk. We got all season here coming up with training camp. We got five weeks to kind of spin the wheel, have a little fun, come up with some different ideas. Obviously here on After Dark, uh, the next one up is July 5th. Um, I'm looking into, you know, a Minnesota Vikings uh, podcaster here and there, maybe another lockdown guy. They've been really good to us. So stay on the lookout for that. Um you know, uh, I think that's about it tonight. I don't really have anything else. You got anything else for me? No, Cramalicious? say goodnight. Or you, say, you, say want, you want to rest your knee up, don't you? I'm so upset about this. I really – have you ever had it in stable and then it comes back to normal without without uh, surgery? Yeah, I that's – I mean, I don't want to scare you, but that's what I have going on. It's an MCL, you know, and your MCL is torn or partially torn. Your knee – It'll almost feel like your kneecap will pop in and out of place. Right? I'm not there. That's not what's happening. Okay, well, that's what's happening to me. Yeah. So we both have knee problems. Nick's got a finger problem, and Adam's in his mansion. He's actually at the event for Vaughn. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. he's at the event tonight for Vaughn McClure and Jeff Dickerson. Yeah. Um, sounded like a nice time. Uh, maybe I'll go next year, but. I think that wraps things up for tonight. Hey, everybody watching, everybody tuned in, please hit that like button. Show some support to the After Dark crew. Two shows in one day for you, trying to pump out the Bears content as best we can. We appreciate everyone tuning in. Um, uh, the the CHGO Bears gang will be back tomorrow afternoon, so make sure you tune in. I'll be finishing the other side of my driveway, uh, working hard in the heat tomorrow, and maybe half in my pool, too. You're the man. You Mark are the man. Care. <laughs> Don't care. But you are the man. Uh, right. I'm, I'm going to go. Uh, yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to have a I, I think I'm going to have a couple of Goose Island tonight, buddy. That's there my plan. Over here. All yeah. right. Well, All right. Everybody. Uh, well, we don't have we, we do have the honk. Yeah. 
There it is. Shout out Goose Island. All right, guys. Have a good night. We'll see you tomorrow. Bear down. All right.